Hallelujah. Turn in your Bibles and uh, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 7 tonight, verses 7 through 11. And the children's church is dismissed. Praise the Lord. We're looking at some things that Jesus said concerning prayer. Matthew, the seventh chapter. And uh, we look at verses 7 through 11. And I want to remind you now, next week we kick off our emphasis on prayer and fasting. And I think that our church needs a real good, strong dose of prayer and fasting right now. You know, sometimes in the spirit realm, you, you can just kind of sense that it's very, very important for the church to spring forward and to heat the vision up for souls. Amen. And uh, so on Wednesday, praise the Lord next week. And then on Thursday and then on Friday night, we're going to have a special prayer meeting. Now, the Wednesday prayer meeting is going to be at what time? Am I a week off? 18th, 19th, 20th. Okay, two weeks from Wednesday. Amen. But we're going to stir ourselves up. Amen. I said we're going to stir ourselves up. You know, one thing I, I, I don't like is I don't like mediocrity. And mediocrity means going halfway up the hill. And you know what? I believe that God wants to take us all the way into higher heights in Him. And one thing I know that will really help a church move forward in the things of God is a good, solid emphasis on prayer and fasting. And so our emphasis is going to be, we're going to be praying for the harvest. We're going to be praying for souls for our Easter Sunday service. Anyone know when Easter Sunday is? Easter Sunday is April 8th. We'll be having a 9 a.m. service and an 11 a.m. service. And that normally is one of our best attended services, but it also is a time where people get saved. And so we're believing God for a wonderful, wonderful harvest to take place that morning. Amen? And uh, also, we're continuing to thank God for heavy favor. Amen. The heavy favor of God. Glory to God. You know, the Bible says that He will encompass the righteous with favor, just like a shield. And you know, we're getting reports just weekly and about God doing some awesome things. Just read an email today about a man that got a job. Amen. Been looking for a job for a while. And uh, he was sort of disappointed because one door closed. But how many of you know just because a door closes, God can open another door? And so the door that the Lord opened for him was 95 cents more an hour. And he got that job. I think we should rejoice. I think we should thank God and give God praise and give him glory. The favor of God's all over this church. This is our year of fulfillment. Amen. I'm expecting great and glorious things. Look at your neighbor and say good things. Great things are happening right here. Right now. At Heart of the Bay. Now, so continue to hold fast then to the revelation that God's given us concerning the favor of God and expect the favor of God to show up any place and every place that you go. Amen. Say it with me. The favor of God opens glorious doors for me. The favor of God goes before me. His favor is on me. His favor is surrounding me. His favor is upon my life. 
I've got favor. Now, in order for there to be continuous manifestations of God's favor in your life, there must be also continuous declarations. Declarations. Declaration is saying it, expecting it, looking for the favor of God to show up. Amen? Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And so as good things start happening to you, you know, we had Declaration Sunday and and many of you brought your list and we prayed over it. And we declared some things and we believe that. And we're so in this prayer emphasis and in this fasting emphasis, we're going to continue to pray for wonderful breakouts and breakthroughs for God's people. Amen. You know, we're favorites of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. His eyes upon the sparrow. And if his eyes upon the sparrow, we know his eyes on heart of the bay. We're better than a buzzard, aren't we? We're better than a bird. So as we release all of our cares unto him, amen, he will be a father unto us and he will see to it that every need is met and that the vision in our lives will be fulfilled. Oh, hallelujah. Let's just raise our hand and thank him right now. Oh, Father, we thank you that your vision, your vision is being fulfilled in our lives. Your plans, your purposes, your will be done here at Heart of the Bay. Your will be done here in the people at Heart of the Bay. We give you glory for it. We give you praise for it. In the name of Jesus. And everyone said amen. Now notice this in Matthew chapter 7. And I want us to notice in verse 7 through 11, here's some things that Jesus said about prayer. He said, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh, It shall be opened. Or what man is there of you, whom if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? Now read verse 11 with me. If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven Give good things to them that ask them. What kind of things? See, God doesn't have bad stuff. He's not passing out bad things. He doesn't have bad things. Now, what Jesus is painting a picture for us here tonight, he's painting a picture of the Father and how good your Heavenly Father is. Now, we did a little two-part series on how that love loves us. You know, it's true. God is love, and love loves me. God is love, and love loves you. And so we see here that, that Jesus is saying that your father is awesome. He's a good dad, and he's got good things for you. Now, to the Jews, you know, they didn't have much of a relationship with God. To the Jews, he was God. He was someone that was far off and some that would, someone that was distant. Someone that, you know, was sort of religious, but not someone that they had a relationship with. 
So Jesus broke that wall down and he starts talking to them about Father. Everyone say Father. So he's declaring that our Father is good and he's got good things. Now I thought about some scriptures that, you know, we've looked at in days past and in years past. But I want to just rehearse the goodness of God for a few moments tonight. I want you to look over at Psalm 31 and look at verse 19. Let this just feed right into your spirit. Psalm 31 and the 19th verse. Oh, how great is thy goodness. I like what the psalmist said, surely goodness and mercy are going to follow you all the days of your life. So he says now, oh, how great. You know, when the scripture has the word oh in front of it, it's for emphasis. So he's saying, oh, how great. Oh, how great is your goodness. Which you have hidden for them that fear thee. No, he didn't hide it. No, he laid his goodness up for those that reverence him. I got a question for you tonight. Do you reverence him? Amen. And so then, your father who is good has great goodness laid up for you. And laid up for me. Now... How many of you ever had anything on layoff before? Layaway. Layaway. Thank God for my wife. Some of you may have been laid off or believing for that to change too. But if you have something that's not been laid off, but you have it on layaway. That's what I meant to say all the time. So what you do then is you've got to go then, when you're ready to, go to that department store and pick up. What's been laid away? See, they'll lay some things up for you. A store will store some things up for you. And when you're ready to receive it, you go to get it. Well, our Heavenly Father's got good things laid up for us. And He said, whatever you shall ask the Father in my name, He will give it you. So when you're in faith, you're ready. You're ready to go before the throne of grace and take hold of that which God has already worked for you. Amen? Oh, how great is his goodness, which he has laid up for them that fear him. Oh, thank you, Lord. You see, he said in Ephesians 1, 3, that we've been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Well, those spiritual blessings, you see, are good things that God has laid up for us. But you don't have to wait to get to heaven to cash in on them. They're laid up for you in heavenly places, but with your faith, glory to God, you can receive them here on earth. And so he said, oh, how great is thy goodness, which you have laid up for them that fear you, which you have worked for them that trust in you before the sons of men. Thank you, Lord. Now turning over to Psalm 34, we're in the neighborhood. We might as well go there. Let's look at another O in the Bible. I like the O's in the Bible. Notice this, Psalm 34, verse 8. Oh, again for emphasis. 
taste and see. Amen. Now, how many of you have ever tasted some really good cooking before? You know, and maybe you've even got a relationship with the cook. And you've been able to go into the kitchen while the cook's been cooking. I've got a relationship with such a cook. I have access into the kitchen at the Thomas household. And I'm telling you, this girl knows how to cook. She can cook some really delicious, delicious, delicious things. And so a lot of times, you know, I'll get a head start before everybody else gets a head start. And I'll be over there in the kitchen and I'll be dipping into the soup or be dipping into, you know, the the meal and dipping into the cornbread. And I'll be walking around the kitchen and I'll be going, oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. Now, kids out in the living room, they haven't tasted it yet. But I'll tell you one thing, it gets their attention. When they hear daddy say, oh, man, that is good. They come in and I say, well, taste for yourself. Get yourself some of this. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, glory to God. Have you tasted? Have you seen that the Lord is good to you? Don't you just want everybody to taste and see for themselves? Amen. And so the psalmist said, oh, taste and see. See for yourself that the Lord, he's not bad. No, the Lord is good. Say that with me a few times. The Lord is good. Again, the Lord is good. And the Lord is good. Now notice this. He says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed or empowered to prosper is the man that does what? That trusts in him. And then again, he says, oh, fear the Lord or oh, reverence the Lord, you, his saints, for there is no want to them that reverence him. There is no want for those who will lay hold of the goodness that God, the father has laid up for them. No want. That's why the psalmist said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Notice he didn't say, the Lord is my shepherd, I'm full of want. No, he said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And there is no want to those that reverence him. Now notice the next verse. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger. But they that seek the Lord, they that seek the Lord, they shall not want any good thing. So now notice, this is what the master's talking about in Matthew chapter 7. He says, if you be natural, how many natural fathers do we have here? You're a father in the natural realm. Well, did not you and would not you just about do anything for your children than when they were growing up? Or if they're growing up now? Fathers go to great sacrifice to see to it that their babies are taken care of. Parents go to great sacrifice to do for their family. It's coming from the Father of lights. And so Jesus is saying, if you being a natural father, if you know how to give 
good things to your children. If you know how to make provision for your children, he says, how much more? How much more? Oh, that just sends a thrill into my spirit. How much more? I'll tell you how much more. Mucho, mucho more. Much, much more. Shall your father, now notice, which is in heaven, give good things to those that what? To those that trust him, to those that ask him. Amen. Have you asked the Lord for anything good lately? You know, he's not a withholder. I like, I'm not sure where it is. I think it's Psalm 8411. Don't quote me on that, but I can quote it. It says that no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Psalm 8411. No good thing. No good thing will he withhold from his children. Oh, think about it for a minute. Now, here's something that we need to clarify and make sure that we are all on the same page on. Because this one verse has been taken out of context in verse 7 and has been misapplied by religious people down through the years. Now notice, it's verse 7. We're talking about what Jesus said about prayer. He said, ask shall be given unto you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, receives. He that seeks, finds. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. A lot of people look at that on the negative side. And doubt sort of fills and clouds their mind along these lines. And people have the mistaken idea that, you know, if you ask and you don't get it, keep on asking. You know, if you seek and you don't find, keep on seeking. Right? If you knock and no one answers, just keep knocking. I submit to you tonight that that is a misapplication of Scripture. I want to show you a few things tonight. There was a, a missionary back in the 20s and back in the 30s that did missionary work over there in the Holy Land. And I want to quote some things that he said concerning this verse of Scripture, and this will clarify it. He said, My my wife and I were both educated and trained as missionaries and as ministers of the gospel. He said, I had the idea before I went to the Holy Land that when Jesus said, Ask and it shall be given you, seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you, that he meant that if you ask and you didn't get it, to just keep on asking and keep on asking and just keep on asking till you get it. How many have ever thought that before? Now, here's what the man said. But the man continued. But then when I went to Israel, I found out something very different. He said the people of Israel looked at the word of God with an Eastern mind. Understand, this is an Eastern book. And oftentimes we look at it from the Western culture. And so really to apply scriptures and rightly divide the word, in many cases, we need to understand the customs of the day. We need to look and see 
what was going on in that day and what specifically the master was saying. He said, the people understood in their minds over there and after all the events of the Bible took place in the Eastern world, that the minute you asked, you received your answer. The minute that you ask, you received your answer. In other words, once you ask, you shouldn't ask again. But you should immediately thank God in faith because you have the answer. Amen? Now, let me read on this. This is good. In other words, the minute you ask, you receive. That is if you're in faith. The minute that you seek, you find. And the moment that you knock, the door is open to you. And then he went on to say this. In some areas, the people of the East still have some of the same customs they had hundreds of years ago. For instance, if someone came to the door of the outer gate of someone's home and knocked, seeking entrance, the wealthier people who owned the home would send the servant out to the gate to see who was there. The servant would call out and ask the visitor to identify themselves. And if the visitor was a friend <laughs> of, or someone who was known by the owner of the house, he could enter immediately. But if he was a stranger... The servant would go back to the master of the house and ask if he wanted to let him in. Now listen carefully. The thought here is this. When you knock, if you're known, hallelujah, thank God, you receive immediate entrance. My Bible says, him that knocketh, it shall be opened. Don't you know, as children of God, born of God, washed in the blood of the Lamb, that you are known of God. That you have an entrance into the throne room of grace. You don't have to beg to talk to God. You go before the Father in the matchless mighty name of Jesus. And you have his ears. And you have access to all the things that he's laid up for you. I'm thanking God for that. Look with me at Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19. So the moment you ask you receive. See, there's a difference between receiving by faith and having it manifested in the natural. If you go after something in faith and you receive it by faith and it hasn't materialized in the natural realm yet, that doesn't mean it's any less yours than you have it. It's yours right now. In Ephesians 2.19, notice this with me. And that, I think this would answer a lot of questions for people. Because there's people praying about the same things over and over again. And I think sometimes we nullify our faith. Because we get into this area of asking God for the same things over and over and over again. When is it going to be settled? When do you know that you know it's yours? You should know it the moment you ask. Now notice with me. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19. It says here now, therefore, you are no more strangers and foreigners, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. 
Now look at 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. No more a stranger, no more a foreigner, but I'm a fellow citizen. 1 John chapter 3. And we'll look at verse 1 and 2. It says here, Behold what manner, here is again that scripture, love, of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. You're a son of God. You're a daughter of God. With rights and privileges in God. And he says this, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knows us not, because it knew Him not. Beloved, someday in the sweet by and by, someday we'll get our slice of pie. No, thank God, beloved, now. Right now we are the sons of God. Right now I'm an heir of God. Right now you're a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Now look at Hebrews chapter 4. Notice with me in verse 16. Hebrews the fourth chapter and the 16th verse. He says over here, now let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace. Sons of God, heirs of God, joint heirs with Jesus Christ have boldness in him. Paul said it this way in Ephesians, in whom we have boldness and in him and in whom we have obtained an inheritance. So he says here, let us as sons of God come boldly unto the throne of grace. Think about it. That throne of grace is where all good things come from. That we may obtain mercy And find grace to help in time of need. Sons of God, rise up. Heirs of God, rise up. Joint heirs with Jesus, rise up. Lay aside the condemnation. Lay aside the guilt. Lay aside the feelings of insecurity and inferiority. And know that you do not come in your own righteousness but you come clothed in his righteousness. You see a revelation of who you are and your place in God and your position in Christ will make you bold. You see? But if you live your life according to the dictates of your flesh and according to what the enemy is telling you about yourself, there will be a sense of fear And a sense of condemnation, thus disabling people from coming up to their rightful place in Christ and receiving every good thing that God's got for them. Condemnation is the confidence killer. And you will notice in the word of God that fear and condemnation go hand in hand. If the enemy can sell you a bill of goods, 
concerning your past and what you don't deserve and how poorly you've acted, if he can sell you a bill of goods, he'll keep you down on a lower level in God. Are you listening to me? But oh, on the other hand, if you'll get saturated in the word of God, And you'll let this glorious gospel, the light of God's word, enter into the depths of your heart. You will cast off the works of darkness. You will cast off fear and condemnation. And you'll walk into the throne of grace like a son, like a daughter of God, with your shoulders back, knowing that your daddy God has got your best interests at heart. Oh, that's good news. So don't let what you did last week. Don't let what you've done last year. Don't let what you've done today hinder you from your access, your right of access to the throne of grace. Listen, friend, if you've repented, you are cleansed by the blood of Jesus. And therefore we can draw near with no sense of guilt, no sense of condemnation. It's true, the Bible says, there's now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. So we're not living our life after the dictates of the flesh, are we? We're living our life and we're going after God with everything that we've got. And in seeking first the kingdom of God and running hard after the things of God, he said, all these other things shall be added to you. Amen? See, your father knows those things that you have need of. Does he not? Sometimes he'll just add them to you as you're walking with him because he is a God of the overtake. He's a God of the surprise. He's the God of the blessed coming in and the blessed coming out. He's a good God and he's on your side. So sometimes you're just diligently walking in the commandments of God and then holy surprises come upon you and they overtake you. And you can say, I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. But there's times he just wants you to ask him. There's nothing wrong with going before the throne and have a conversation with your father. Say, Father, you know, I need a little extra income. You said in your word that I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed out begging for bread. I just hold your word up to you, Father. You said in your word that you would liberally supply and fill to the full my every need. I thank you, Father. I got a covenant with you. And so I'm asking you, sir, to open up the bounty of your great storehouse and pour a blessing upon me and my family and my church. Amen. And receive by faith. Amen. And it will be well with you. Glory to God. So no more condemnation. Quit talking about the past. Quit talking about that man that died in Christ. You're now a new creation. The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen? That's boldness. That's boldness. That's not arrogance. Amen? See, a lot of times people misinterpret the faith message. Oh, you're just a bunch of arrogant and, you know, blab it and grab it, name it and claim it. Well, you know what? I like what one person said. I'm one that named it and claimed it and got it. 
I blabbed it and grabbed it and got it. Amen? No, it's not arrogance. It's covenant. And when you become more aware of your covenant, the more confident you will get in Him. So say it with me. In the name of Jesus, whatever I ask, my Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, He will give it me. Now let's go back to Matthew chapter 7. I'm having such a good time tonight. I hope you're getting something out of this. Matthew, the seventh chapter now. Let's look again at what Jesus said concerning prayer. Oh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And so if you will get solid upon your covenant, and you will get filled with my word and filled with my spirit. You'll get bolder and you will dare to ask bigger. Don't back off from those things. That's what the Lord is saying. For I would remind you that I'm able and I'm willing to do way out beyond that you can even dare ask or think. So come boldly, but make sure that you are on good standing ground. Do not ask out of your head, but ask out of the abundance of your heart. Take time to fill your heart with the promises. And as the promises get big in you, says the Lord, then your vision of me will get bigger and you'll be able to ask bigger and you'll be able to receive bigger. Hallelujah. You know what? I believe it. Why not us? Why not now? We've got a covenant with Almighty God. Let's not limit him. See, that's what happened to the children of Israel is they limited the Holy One of Israel. Let's not limit him. He is limitless. The ones that are limited is us. And what's, what limits us the most is this. That's why we are not to live out of here. We're to use, we're to use this, <laughs> but we're to live out of our heart. Because out of the heart, friends, will flow the issues of life out of the heart will flow faith out of the heart will flow wisdom amen so live here tend to your inner man exercise your spirit man pray in the spirit confess the word meditate ye much in the word of the lord and God, who is already so vast and already so big, will become bigger to you. And you will be unafraid to go before him and ask of the things that he's laid up for you. Are you getting it? Yes. Hallelujah. Notice in Matthew chapter 7 again. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm preaching to myself tonight. Verse 7 again, ask and it shall be given you. But what if it isn't? Keep on asking? No. Get out of that realm. Get out of your head and get into your heart. If you ask, it'll be given you. Seek, you'll find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth. And he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. Now what man is there of you, whom if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? We know the answer to that is no. Or if he asks a fish, 
Will he give them a serpent? God doesn't have anything to do with serpents. Are you listening to me? Serpents are under our feet. Here's what I want you to see. Verse 11. Once again. If ye then be natural. Know how to give good gifts unto your children. How much more shall your father, which is in heaven, give good. Now notice this. Give good things to them that ask you. Now I want to make this point tonight. God's not opposed to his children having things. God's not opposed to you having good things. God is not opposed to his children owning their own homes. God's not opposed to his children having big bank accounts. Are you listening to me? God's not opposed to his children having a few automobiles. Are you listening to me? He's not opposed to his children wearing the best, living in the best, eating the best. He said in the word, if you be willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Oh, he giveth us richly all things to enjoy. I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. God's a good God and he's got good things for his sons and his daughters. Oh, come on, somebody. He is, however, opposed to things having his children. Once things become attached to your life that you could not let go at the Lord's command, that thing has got you. And that happens to more Christians than it should. I've seen it happen throughout the years. That God would do some awesome things for his sons and for his daughters. You see, the Bible says that without faith it's impossible to please him. But he that cometh to God must believe that he is. Now notice, and that he is a rewarder of those that what? Not casually seek them, but those that diligently seek him. And so there are blessings for the diligent, are there not? And I've seen it happen. That for a season, people diligently sought the Lord... And God rewarded them with some really nice things and some really good things. But those things attached themselves to their lives and they weren't able to get over the hump of things not having them. Things had them. And as a result, and here's what can happen. Let this be a warning to you. The Bible says, lest I say in my mind, my own might, my own strength, my own wisdom has gotten me this wealth. He said, beware, 
lest at any time a person should say that because it is only him that gives you the power to get wealth. Are you listening to me? He's not opposed to you being wealthy now. We want to make that clear. But he is opposed to things attaching itself to people. I've seen it happen to where for a season people diligently sought him and then over a process of time they fell out of church. Sometimes met their mate in this church. Fell out of church. Started backsliding. And you know it's very subtle. It doesn't happen overnight. It happens over the process of time. And the next thing you know, tragedy has visited their homes. And where once a life was sold out to God and they were being blessed because of their diligence, now you can't even find them. Now, there's a way out of that. I said there's a way out of that. And the number one thing a person does is repent. Are you listening to me? But that's not you. You wouldn't be, come on now, you wouldn't be here on a Wednesday night in a soupy, tropical, kind of warm type night hearing a 62-year-old man preach the Word of God if you weren't serious about the Word of God. But when God starts doing some things for you, make sure you give Him all the glory. Make sure you give Him all the honor. Make sure you honor Him with every fiber of your being. And you will be in position to receive more good things from God. And the more you receive, the more you can bless other with. And the more you bless other with, the happier people are. Come on, somebody. Woo! Glory to God. It's truly more blessed to give. Is it not? And so let's look at this. We're just about done. In Matthew chapter 7, if you then be evil, you know how to give good things to your children. I know you know how to give good things to your kids. How much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask Him? So in a sense, we've talked a little bit about prosperity tonight. But you know what else is good? Healing's good. I said healing's good. Matter of fact, healing is the children's bread. And on God's table, on the Father's table, there's good bread. There's the best bread of all time. Oh, hallelujah. Bible says that he anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. Now listen, and he went about doing good. What is the good that he did? He went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So if you need healing, ask him. If you need promotion, ask him. If you need something, ask him. And he will not withhold. Just get in faith and stay in faith. And next week we'll talk about your joy being full. Let's all stand to our feet. Amen. Did you get anything out of tonight? Oh, let's praise him. Thank you, Father. Oh, glory to God. Father, we worship you. We worship you. You said whatever we asked the Father. In your name that you would give it to us. Father, tonight we ask you for strength. We ask you for health. We ask you for favor. We ask you for good things for your people, Lord. 
We thank you, Father God, that you will even overtake some of these individuals this year with glorious surprises. Oh, Lord. And when we are eaten and when we are full, we surely will remember the Lord our God. For it is you that has given us the power. It is you that has made us stand. It is you that has given us the breath to breathe. It is you that has given us shelter and protection. It's you that gives us the power to obtain wealth. We love you tonight. And we thank you for it now. In the name of Jesus. Raise one hand toward heaven and say thank you Lord. That you withhold no good thing. I purpose in my heart to walk in the fear of the Lord, to walk uprightly. And I declare your goodness and your mercy is following me all the days of my life. And I'm going to shout about it. I'm going to tell it. I'm going to dance about it. I'm going to rejoice in it. Glory! Hallelujah! Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah! And I will dwell. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hallelujah! Well, there's victory in the house tonight. Amen. You just let that word dwell in you.